You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, I'm interviewing Renee Slansky. Not sure if you've heard about her. You probably haven't just because you're a guy and she doesn't help guys. Well, she does a little bit, but mainly her focus is helping women and helping women get to the point where they're in a relationship. And we were talking recently and I thought, you know, it'd be really cool to do an interview with you and get really deep inside of the mind of the female to know what are her issues? What are her problems? Where does she struggle? What is she looking for? All that good stuff. And of course, no better to talk to than a person who literally hears all those things, all of the emotions, all of the concerns and problems of women than a dating coach for women, which is Renee. And Renee is very smart. She's been around for quite a while now, about the past seven years. She's been talking about dating and relationships. And she has some really interesting and practical advice for women, which I know that doesn't necessarily help you, but what it does help you is understand how women are thinking. And to be honest, some of the advice that she gives for women is really good for for men too. And I even mentioned that in the podcast, so you'll know which one is which. So I want you to listen to this and have an open mind and just hear about some of these struggles that women are going through so you can better understand what's going on with them and at the very least, learn something for yourself in terms of how to know what the heck is going on inside of a woman's mind. So here it is, my interview with Renee. I think you're going to like it. Hey, Renee, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. It is. I always think it's so fun to talk to someone who is so far away. You're in France right now. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. We um, actually got released today from quarantine, but I've been in my house all day just working. So it's a bit of a mixed emotions, but yeah, you're in France. Really? So you're Mm. allowed to go out and about? Yeah, we are. I mean, we're only allowed within 100 kilometers and they've still got some restrictions in place, but it's still nice to have a bit of freedom and to feel like maybe life can go back to a little bit normal. That's right. That's right. And you're originally from Australia? Yeah, so I'm born and bred in Australia. My father is Czech, so I'm half Australian, half Czech, so that's why I can still live in France. And my fiancé is French, so he's French-Australian. So that's why I'm partly in Europe and partly in Australia. And then oh, you got all sorts of passports. I know. <laughs> it's convenient. <laughs> oh, super convenient. That's great. Well, uh, it's. I don't think I've ever actually sat down and interviewed a dating coach specifically for women. I know that I've I've talked to them and I've had them on the podcast before, but it wasn't really about what we're going to be talking about today. And it's really getting inside the mind of a woman. And I thought not only interesting to people, but interesting to me just to really dive in and really understand because you're a coach for women, what their problems are, what their issues are, what their mindsets are, what their thoughts are, what their fears are, what their emotions are, and just really dive in to understand what's going on with women who are seeking dating advice. So we're going to go into that today. But before we go into that, maybe you can tell the guys your background in terms of how you got into this, when you got into it, and how it all shifted to to where you are today. Yeah. So basically, I started a blog back in 2013 before blogs were trendy. It was just out of passion. I just wanted to help people 
mainly women because I had a heart for women, help, help them understand how to build thriving relationships and deal with, you know, modern common battles like dating apps and online dating and ghosting and things like that. And then from that, that blog ended up turning into me writing for some of the largest dating sites in the world, like Plenty of Fish, eHarmony. I started writing for the Huffington Post and Your Tango and I had articles translated and it grew to be the number one dating and relationship blog in Australia and top 30 in the world. And that just then continued as I started doing work for the ABC and SBS as a dating expert and I was approached to do coaching. And to be honest, I actually turned it down. I was like, no, I don't want to do coaching. I don't want to work one-on-one with someone. I want to reach thousands of people at a time. And just it just happened that way that I was approaching a coaching agency actually to work for them. And the head of the agency said to me, I want you to coach me. And I was like, right, okay, well, here's my opportunity if ever. And I was thrown in the, to the deep end. And I realized that I was able to impact, you know, people individually as well as in large numbers. And it just went on from that. So I started coaching full-time for the last several years and I started building programs for women so that I could, again, reach multiple women at a time when they were able to do the course that I had built. And through that, I started doing my YouTube. And it's just been like one thing after the other where I have essentially just started off with a passion and a history of a lot of broken relationships myself. I was a dataholic for 10 years. I was... What does that mean? Oh, it means sometimes I would go up to three dates a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Wow. Did you see that as a problem or were you having fun? Um, At the time, I didn't see it as a problem because I guess I was searching for love. I was searching for validation. I was doing all the things that you shouldn't do and wondering why I wasn't getting anywhere. And I went from one toxic relationship into another toxic relationship. And it wasn't until I reached my breaking point when I was with a very narcissistic partner for three years. And and that was when I had a light bulb moment. Like literally, I remember it. I was driving down the road in Manly in Sydney and I was like, hang on a second. Maybe it's not just the men. Maybe I'm doing something wrong here. <laughs> now I'm the common denominator. Maybe I need to change something within me first before I actually go out and start dating. And and that was literally the turning point. I I, I actually got professional help. I healed. I radically dated less. I said no to a lot of dates. And then I ended up meeting my fiance and it all happened very naturally. It was a healthy, fulfilling relationship. And I just I learned to date smart. I learned about love education and then I basically made that my mission to be able to teach others that as well. Got it. Wow, you've been through it. You've Uh absolutely been through it. (laughs) I find that interesting because I like the idea, maybe not of going on three dates in a full day, but at least doing a (laughs) lot of dating. But it sounds like you were saying, like, you know, I guess I'm repeating what you said, but just to really hone in on it, that it was more for validation purposes than Mm. it was really seeking the mate. Yeah, I was... Right? Yeah, it was definitely um, coming from a place of fear and scarcity. And I think if you're a male or a female, if you date from that mindset, you're basically going to get back from that mindset of what you're giving from in the first place. And yeah. if you're you know, dating from the place of fear of missing out or quick, I need attention instead of looking at intentions, then you will find yourself in the cycle of attracting the wrong person over and over again or self-sabotaging the good relationships that could possibly happen because, again, you're dating from that mindset of fear and lack. And it's honestly one of the the major things that I happen to see with a lot of women and what a lot of women come to me from is they're like, 
you know, we're dating and, and you'll probably, you know, see it as well, Trip. like we're in a time in history where we have more single people than ever before because I have the blog, I see a lot of the background statistics in the dating industry and we have ways to meet people and people assume that access to dates equals success in love. And so we're going out there because we can with dating apps and because we have this desire to love and be loved, but we're not actually fixing the core root issues or we're not actually understanding that it takes more than that. It takes obviously self-awareness, understanding who you are, understanding how women work and understanding how men work to actually have a functional relationship. Right. And and I feel like that's sort of what we're diving into today, a yeah. little bit hidden camera, so mm-hmm. to speak, into the world or the psyche of of women, you know, these women that that reach out to you. So I want to start with this. What's the demographic of the women who reach out to you for help? Yeah. If you had to say like what's what's the general demo? Obviously female. Yes, right? <laughs> definitely. It's probably about or oh, 70% female. I don't really advertise that I, I coach men and I haven't built programs for men. My heart is with women and my heart is to educate women on how to bring value to a man whilst communicate her own value. My main demographic is women aged between around about 28 through to probably 42. So it's no, that... No older than that. No, I do. I have women who are in their 50s. I have women who are in their 60s. I sometimes even have women in their 70s looking for love. And then I have had clients who've come to me as young as uh, 19 years old. To be okay, you're just saying generally it's 28 to 42. The main, so. yeah, the main, like obviously there's different percentages for each group, but my, my largest percentage is women who are basically in that stage where they're moving into their 30s or they are in their 30s and they, look, they're wanting to settle down. I'll be totally honest. They want to know, okay, why have I still not found the right guy at this age? Or they're moving into the period where, okay, I'm ready to find the right guy now. What do I need to do? I want to hear your raw, un filtered, uncensored, <laughs> let's give it to us straight. And you know, and I can do the same thing for to speak for, for men because of what I've seen. What do you think is the reason why this woman that you're talking about has not found what she's trying to find yet? What's the problem? Mm. Oh, this is this is actually a um because some people might say ghosting, right? And like that's totally <sighs> victim mentality. Well people yeah. are ghosting. It's like, no, that's not the problem. Yes, that's going to happen, but that's not the real problem. So yeah, tell us. That's a byproduct of the problem. Right. I think that, to be honest, I think the main reason why we generationally are struggling and globally struggling with love is because we don't have any love education. Unless you've had parents sit you down and model a healthy relationship to you and teach you, okay, this is fundamental, this is what you should be doing, A, B, and C, we are literally blind dating. And I don't mean blind dating as in like you've never met the guy and then you go on a date and it's like surprise. I mean, we have absolutely no idea what we're doing. And so what we're doing is we're going out there again because we can date, especially nowadays because we can go on a dating app. We can go on online dating. We have so much access to other people now, even through social media, that we assume because I have this desire to find someone I am just going to go out there and do it without any clear direction, without any knowledge of what the fundamentals are, without knowing, okay, how does the opposite sex work? For example, a lot of women are now in the mindset of, well, 
I need to tell him that this is what I want because of, you know, role reversal and empowerment of women. And unfortunately, that is turning into self-entitlement. And they're not really dating to also understand, well, how do men work? What is it that men want? Because you've got two roles in a relationship. You've got the female role and the masculine role. And you have to understand how both work in order for that relationship to function, to be healthy, to know where to set boundaries and how much work you should do and how much work that he needs to do. And women are basically, as they head into their mid-20s, their 30s and their 40s, they haven't dealt with things that they should have dealt with from a really young age, from our childhood, because we are affected and we get our default patterns from our childhood and what we're subjected to. And then they're going out, they're going, I need to be loved. I need to be validated. And if they haven't had that from their childhood, because the female brain is actually quite different. And when we're born, I don't know if you ever noticed this trip, but when you hold a male baby, a male baby will look, have his eyes looking all around the room. Okay, he's searching for stuff. When you hold a female baby, that female baby's eyes will instantly try and make eye contact with the person that it's holding. And the reason why is us females are actually wired genetically from birth to seek validation instantly. Now, if we haven't had that from our father, and then if we haven't had it in the form of man, which we then start to associate love with, we will constantly seek that out in other ways. And we will seek it out negatively. That's when women start chasing men. That's when men feel like, oh, hang on a second. Why isn't she independent? Why doesn't she have self-worth? Why doesn't she love herself? And it becomes this, this toxic cycle. And because they don't understand where the root of the cycle comes from, again, they're just putting themselves out there, putting themselves out there, and they're not really actually getting the progress that they want in their love life. So they're seeking validation. And so when they're going out there, that's their mindset more than anything else. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I think for majority of the time, women are longing to love and be loved. So they either seek that through validation or they're hoping to fix a man, rescue a man, change a man because they want to feel like they are needed and valued. And then they associate, well, if he gives me attention, then attention equals love, which isn't necessarily the truth. Women at that age group, I'll be totally honest, your maternal side kicks in and you want to have a family. You want to be able to to nest and to nurture. It's like men have the natural sort of desire to want to provide and protect and conquer. Women around that age are wanting to settle down. And I think we have to find that balance between allowing women to want to settle down without men making women feel guilty for, oh, you just want to have get children and settle down. But at the same time, like women need to allow men to still be able to pursue their careers and have that sense of adventure as well. And I think that's sometimes where we get the, the two worlds collide and they don't really sit with each other because either men feel that, oh, I have to give up everything in order for her to feel like she's got that security that she needs. And on the other hand, the woman's like, well, I don't want to be made f- feel guilty for the fact that I want to have something that is a natural instinct that's actually triggered within me within a certain age. So what do you tell these women? So now they've come to you mm. and, and we'll get more specific. I know we're, we're going to go into some of the questions that they're asking and things like that. But they come to you and they're saying, you know, or they're, you're helping them figure out that they're doing it wrong. So how does a woman do it right? What do you mm. tell them to do? And I know it, there's specific situations for everyone, but I'm sure there's 
repetitive advice or general advice that comes up more often than not. I'm curious to know what that advice is, what you're telling them to do to be able to find a relationship properly because they have not yet. Mm. There's definitely a formula. Like It's not rocket science. It's just knowing how to do this different stages. And what, what I call it is, I call it building the house. And basically, before you start dating, to be honest, I tell them not to date. If they're working with me and they're not already in a relationship and they're coming to me and they're wanting to find a relationship, I say, okay, for the first four weeks that we work together, you're not allowed to date. I want you to date yourself. I want you to understand why you're in this position, that you are the common denominator. You can't keep being a victim and you can't keep blaming men. You are choosing certain things. You are choosing certain men that are getting you in this position where you're not happy. So that is the moment where if you want to build a house, you have to have a super strong foundation. And so for me, I say, okay, let's, let's focus on you. Let's focus on what you bring to the table, what you want on the table, and who you sit down to the table with. Let's focus on bringing up some of that baggage, cutting some of those toxic thoughts and limiting beliefs that you have and really focusing on self-love, focusing on finding your purpose. Because I believe that a relationship with a male and a woman functions beautifully when both of them have their purpose. Not just the man going out and doing his thing and having adventure and conquering them and all this, but a woman understanding also that she needs to have purpose outside of a relationship. She needs to know who she who she is and what her identity is outside of dating a man. Because the moment that a woman makes it all about the man, the moment that she makes it all about the relationship is the moment that she puts too much pressure on him and too much pressure on the relationship and usually you'll probably find that men aren't attracted to that and then they find that she becomes too needy and it's not the sort of woman that he first fell in love with. So that's the first thing that I do. I get them to build a strong foundation of self-love. The second thing I get them to do is before they even go out and date, before they even know what to look for on the first date and everything like that, understand how men work and understand how relationships work. And that's the love education understanding that there's different phases in dating, that men have obviously different needs. Men communicate differently. Men respond differently. Men um, have a higher level of testosterone. Understand who you are dating first in general before you go out there and actually seek him out or interact with him. And I think that's key because then men don't become the enemy. Men become someone that you value, someone that you see beyond just him being a provider or protector, it becomes about, okay, I understand his masculine desires. And when you know how to meet a man's masculine desires, it actually becomes something really positive in a relationship because he feels fulfilled and then he wants to give back and it becomes this positive, positive cycle. After that, I then teach him, okay, here's how to date smart. You don't need to go on thousands of dates to know who you should actually be engaging with specific questions to be able to ask so that you aren't wasting your time investing into someone who's not on the same page as you. I believe that dating shouldn't be hard and I believe that love shouldn't be hard. I believe if you know how to date smart, then you can actually make love easier. Then after that, it's basically about knowing how to keep the relationship going, how to progress, how to grow together in the same direction and how to make sure that you don't lose your identity and you don't lose your purpose once you fall in love with the guy, how to still feed his masculine desires as you start to step into the familiar zone of a relationship and actually get past the honeymoon phase. So that's kind of the four-step phase that I take them through. Got it. 
Very interesting. So, mm. so then when they're coming to you, are they always looking for a relationship? Um, are there any women out there that just want to date and sleep around and just enjoy dating? No, very rarely do I have women that come to that. Or even if they do, they start off saying, oh, I just want something casual. But then eventually later on, they realize, no, I, I tried casual and it didn't work. To be honest, I don't think I've had one single person come to me. And I've literally had hundreds of clients that have just wanted to hook up. It's it's not, I mean, that's not the sort of woman that I attract, probably because that's not what I preach. It's not to say that there aren't women out there, but I think that most women have that desire to belong to to one man. It's not the same for my mass or my male clients. Sometimes my male clients want to come to me and they're like, oh no, I just want to casually date. And other times, you know, it's they want to actually have a relationship. Yeah. I get a mixture of both. Mm. Some guys want relationships, some guys just want to have an active dating life. So it all depends. Mm. I'm curious if, if women come to you and everything is kind of like good with them, self-love, like all good. They don't have any particular bad habits, mm. but they're like, Renee, I, I, I just can't attract any guys. Like mm. I just don't, I don't, like it's not happening. Like I'm not, I'm not, something's wrong. I'm not doing it correctly. Do they ever come to you? Just, I can't, I can't get any guys. Yeah, absolutely. I, to be honest, I have two categories of women. I have some women come to me who are very broken, like they've had crazy traumatic pasts. Um, there's a lot of healing to be done and hence why they've been dating from this, this mindset of fear and scarcity. Then I have the flip side. I have some very successful women come to me, like very highly successful in their careers, absolutely stunning. They don't necessarily have a problem with getting guys, but they do have a problem with keeping a relationship. And that's usually because they actually put up a wall and their wall is I'm so scared to get hurt and I'm so scared to lose control because I'm so used to controlling everything and I'm successful and I've got probably more masculine energy that I'm going to set my standards so high that no man can ever get over it. Yes, I'll deter the bad ones, but I'll also self-sabotage any chances with good guys because my standards are so incredibly high. So I, I definitely get both. And when you say their standards are high, what are they looking for? They're looking for the male version of them, to be honest, which I think majority of what people are looking for because they're looking for the opposite version of who they are because our brain knows us and our brain will always gravitate to whatever it is familiar with and it always try to seek out what it knows. And so I get a lot of, let's, let's call them alpha women, okay, highly successful women, highly beautiful women, all of that, come to me and they're like, well, I need a man that's like this, this and this and he needs to you know, earn the same amount as me so that I feel like that I'm not the one that's like undermining him. Um, he needs to be independent like me. He needs to be cultured like me, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Most of the time, I will be honest, those sort of women are focusing too much on the surface level status needs rather than, okay, well, is he kind? Is he generous? Is he someone who actually sits and listens to you? Is he someone that brings the softness out of you? Those are the sort of women that I find the reasons why they really struggle is because they want a man, but they also want to be the man in the relationship, <laughs> you know, and there can only be one man. So those are the sort of women that need to understand that, you know, 
allowing a man into your heart and your life doesn't necessarily equal heartache. And it doesn't mean that you're losing control as a woman. It's about knowing how to create that balance and understanding that the right man can complement you and he can bring out the, the right qualities in you. And if you want to be led by a man, you have to give him an opportunity to lead you. And what about when they come to you and they're, they're just kind of lost? What, mm-hmm. what are the questions that they're asking you? Like, what are the questions they're asking you about men or understanding men or uh, just in general what to do? Like, let's dive into those now. Yeah. I think women who come to me who are lost have a lot of high anxiety and a lot of insecurity. So they second guess everything they do because they don't have an answer straight away and they don't trust themselves to make the right decision. So for example, if a guy hasn't texted her back straight away or if a guy hasn't called her straight away, she starts to second guess, oh, you know, uh, is this the right man for me? What have I done? Have I pushed him away? Because they don't believe in themselves and they don't love themselves deeply because they've been hurt quite a lot in the past. They don't trust themselves to be choosing the right men. And then as soon as they have a man in their life, they don't understand what the standards should be. How often should he text? How often should he call? Should I reach out to him? All this just question after question after question, which basically builds anxiety on top of anxiety, which then unfortunately pushes away really good guys. And it's something that if I could say something to the men out there, <laughs> we've got to understand. You have the floor. Yeah, it's we've got to understand that we are broken people dating broken people, and I think that women need to have grace with men, and men need to have grace with women. And if men can understand that, if a woman wants to hear from you a little bit more, it doesn't necessarily mean that she's coming across needy or naggy. Sometimes it's purely because she has a past of being hurt and let down. And there's that insecurity that can be deep rooted within her that needs to be reassured by the man. Now, it doesn't mean that a man has to go and pander to everything that a woman does because that what that does is it enables her to be continue to be the victim. At the same time, I believe that we've got to start looking at each other as people with pasts you know, and people that aren't going to be perfect. And as long as there's that communication consistently between men and women without these barriers that we keep putting between us to protect ourselves, I think that's when relationships will actually start to advance a little bit more. So when they come to you and they're asking some of these questions, do they ever ask you a question where you're like, that's not the right question to ask? Like, don't worry about that. Like, let's focus on this. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Okay, I'll give you an example today from a client. So she's with a guy and he romanced her. He treated her like a princess and everything was really amazing. Then they moved in together and she's actually a single mother. They moved in together and she relaxed a little bit. She relaxed a little bit too much. And so he, by the sounds of it, didn't sound very appreciated and felt like, hang on a second, I've lost the girl that I first fell in love with who was independent, who had her own thing going, and now I feel like she's not pulling her weight, okay, which is fair enough. I think men are looking for someone that is like a teammate, someone that can can match them whilst he's still able to lead them. And she said to me, she said, oh, Renee, like I organized a babysitter for the kids and I rang him up and I said, 
you know, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm just out with my mates. And she's like, well, I'm home alone. Maybe you should come home and spend some time with me. And he's like, oh, well, maybe I'll come in a little bit. You know, I'm just doing something. She's like, well, that's not good enough. You should be spending time with me because they've been going through rocky patches and hung up on him. And so what she's doing is I said to her, you are talking to demand. You're not talking to ask or understand. And just demanding what you want isn't going to make him want to come and nurture you and romance you and love you when he feels like he's done something wrong because he hasn't met your need. He's pulled back for a reason. And wanting him to just all of a sudden romance you and do whatever it is that you feel he needs to do to make the relationship right again isn't necessarily how it works. And so what I find is that women go, well, I just want a direct answer. I want him to do what I think he should do in that moment because that is what I need. And that is where I'm talking about how the whole empowerment has turned into self-entitlement, unfortunately. And women also not understanding, well, a man doesn't work that way. A man needs to feel valued. A man needs to feel appreciated. A man needs to feel like, you know, what he does and who he is is enough. And when that is starting to be affirmed, then he will want to step up and romance. Another example is with my own fiance, I never say no, even if it's something that I don't agree with. What I do is I affirm what he's saying to me and I say, yes, that's a really good idea. Yes, I see where you're coming from, but have you thought about it this way? Then I offer my opinion, which I know is probably a little bit better and full of more wisdom in the situation because I have a different perspective. And then he ends up going, oh, no, you're right. Yeah, I see what you mean. No, I'm not going to do it this way. You're right. We should do it this way. And so by default, I haven't shut him down. I haven't told him no. What I've done is supported his opinion, supported what he said, and then actually, you know, offered my suggestion and, and given him the safe space. And so what I think is happening is women are coming to men and basically saying what they want to say because they want to have certainty. I'll be totally honest with you, Trip. Like the main thing that women want when they start dating a guy is they want certainty. They want to know that this guy isn't going to break their heart. They want to know that this guy is actually asking them on a date because he's looking to invest emotionally into a woman. And this why? is why. Why do you think that is? Because we're scared to get our heart broken because we want to know that because women emotionally attach themselves faster to men usually than what men do to women. They, you know, the same women go looking for love and find sex. Men go looking for sex and find love. We want to know that if we start to open up to this person, hence why we might ask direct questions. Why haven't you texted me? Why haven't you called me? When are you going to ask me on a date? Blah, 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 blah. We want progress. In a woman's mind, we see progress as an indication to certainty. And with certainty, we think, okay, with certainty comes security. Now, I'm not talking about financial security here. I'm talking about the security that I am not going to die alone. That's pretty much the formula that goes through a woman's brain. If you want me to simplify it, <laughs> we just want progress, which means certainty, which means security, which means I'm not going to die alone. Therefore, I am lovable. I like that. Very simple. That's a that's a that's a very interesting way of of putting it and hearing it. I like that. So, what happens after you're married then, right? Because according to what you're saying, it seems like that is kind of the goal. So, I would imagine from hearing what you're saying, 
with progress, it goes from, okay, we're dating. Progress in that sense would look like now we're in a committed relationship. Progress in that sense would be now we are married. Progress in there would be now we have children. Mm -hmm. Does it end there? Or is there is there more? Well, unfortunately, if a woman doesn't have her purpose, again, outside of children and a relationship, then it usually does end there for her. And then that's when the problems start in the marriage, which is why I try to teach my women to understand that a relationship with someone is always going to be evolving, always going to be changing, and you have to have something more than just marriage and children. I think marriage and children can be a part of your purpose and definitely a part of your joy. And it's something that is deeply built desire within us. However, I think that a lot of women kind of get stuck to the point where they've got the marriage, they've got the children, and now what? Then the children become the focus and the husband all of a sudden isn't a priority. And then the man doesn't feel like he's appreciated or affirmed or he's not having his you know, physical needs met. And it all becomes this kind of downward spiral. So for women, like, it, yeah, to be honest, like a big part of it is I want to date to get married. I want to find a husband. I want to find a man who loves me. And it's not even necessarily we just want to find a husband as a label. It's more husband equals commitment. Commitment equals love. Therefore, I am loved and I am lovable. Like that's how a female brain works. We associate, well, if a man wants to marry me, therefore I am lovable. And unfortunately, that what that means is like I see a lot of women get into relationships where they have the commitment from the guy, but it's not quality commitment. And then that's where they actually get stuck. And that's when they find themselves marrying people that they shouldn't and blah, blah, blah. You know, we can't just look at, oh, what type, you know, what commitment I am getting. It's also, well, what's the type of commitment that you're getting? So what's the quality of the commitment, which is based on obviously what you allow and also who you allow it with and their character. What does bad quality of commitment and good quality of commitment look like to a woman? Well, I think uh, quality of like a good quality commitment with a woman and with a man is, and, and look, I'll keep this really simple as always, there's two biggest indications of a healthy relationship and that's peace and progress. And that's it. It's not to say that there won't be absence of conflict. Conflict is healthy in a relationship. Conflict is a part of communication but there should be an, a sense of underlying peace that usually comes that the person I'm with is helping me to be the best version of myself. They are adding value to me. That's healthy quality commitment, okay, and progress. If you're not moving forward, you're stagnating, you're going backwards or you're dying. So there needs to be progress because we as humans are always growing and evolving. Great relationships are built. You don't just find it magically. It is something that takes time to build and you're going to go through different stages. You're going to go through ups, you're going to go through downs. So it's about understanding how do I find someone who has the capacity to grow with me at the same rate and in the same direction. Now, obviously negative commitment is where you have the marriage or you have, they're with you, but you still feel alone in your relationship. You are abused in your relationship. There is no real sense of us having a partnership. There is no peace. There is no progress. That is negative commitment. Okay. Got it. And then on the far end of things, it might look like a just... It's like you're in a relationship and nothing's really happening. It's just like... It's kind of dead in a sense. Maybe there's mm -hmm. not a lot of communication. There's not any sex. 
there's just just super stagnant and maybe to the point where even the guy ends up cheating. Yeah. Right. Where it gets or it gets really bad. Hopefully you don't get to no one gets to that point because that's not fun. That's right. Fun. So so yeah, okay. This is this is yeah, this is great. I mean, really, I like how you you describe it in in the simplest of terms. So when you get a woman who's in the relationship, so what's her question? So the I want I want the big questions for for okay, Renee, I need help. I'm in a relationship and blank, blank, blank. And then mm-hmm. Renee, you mostly answered this, but still to hear it again wouldn't, wouldn't hurt. Renee. I'm not in a relationship right now. Oh, my biggest problem is blank, blank, blank. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll start with in a relationship. Probably one of the biggest questions is, I'm in a relationship. Why am I no longer a priority to him? That's probably the biggest one. They're in a relationship and they feel like that he just doesn't treat her the way that he used to treat her. Right. When he first was was exactly. a- attracting her in the very beginning. Mm. It's usually that, or I'm in a relationship, how do I progress it to marriage? How do I know that he actually wants to spend the rest of his life with me? How do I know that? Even if he he says it, but he hasn't proposed to me, how do I progress this? Progression is massive for women in a relationship. That's probably the biggest questions for that. In questions like, I'm single, not in a relationship, how do I know that the man that I'm talking to isn't talking to all these other women. How do I know that he is actually ready for a relationship? <laughs> one, of the, one of the classics ones is if if he's not ready for a relationship, then why is he on a dating app? Right? right. And that's right. obviously when I have to explain to him, well, not all men are on dating apps to be in a relationship. Another one, <laughs> why won't he Which call me? It should be mind-blowing, right? Like they should be like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I know, but that's the problem. Like you and I know that because we probably understand the dynamics, but the problem is that women are different. Women are like, see, sometimes I tell my girls, date like a man. When I say date like a man, I'm like, go on the first date, see how you feel, see if there's chemistry, get to know him for who he is right then and there, not who you want him to be later on down the future when you want him to be your husband when you don't even know him, (laughs) right? Women are dating most of the time to find husbands. And they want to know right from the first date if he's husband potential. And what happens is, is they're putting so much pressure on this guy and so much pressure on themselves that they can't relax and allow the natural progression to flow. Where that's where I say to women, go on a date, date like a man. Don't date to work out, is he my husband on the first date? You won't know that. Do I like this guy? Is there chemistry? Do I want to see him again on the second date? That's as far as it should go, Right? Don't right. go and attach this fairy tale story to someone that you don't even know based right. off a first date or based off a desire of what you want later on down the track. You know, guys do that too. You know, interestingly enough, I work mm-hmm. with a lot of clients that, you know, they get really pumped up. You know, I mean, they get pumped up early, meaning like, oh, the girl responded to the text. Oh, we went on one date. They get really excited. And it's like, no, you got to calm down. You don't know where this is going. You don't even know her yet. I mean, you shouldn't be even that excited and you've been dating her for months when you really know who she is. Yeah. But you know what? It's actually really nice for you to hear that because I hear the opposite end on my girls all the time. Like, oh, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know. I haven't heard from him. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Basically, I don't know is like the, the main words that they use and hence the anxiety builds. And it's nice to hear that guys get excited to hear from a girl because I feel like girls don't hear that enough. 
to be a host. <laughs> Maybe you should add me on, yeah. on, on, on your podcast or your <laughs> YouTube and, and I'll let them know like, yep, I got a bunch of guys over here that want girlfriends, that want to date, that want women, that get excited. You know, it's, it's, we're not as stoic as you think we are. We do have those desires. Yeah, which I think women, to be honest, I don't think women hear that enough. I really don't because they're coming to me all the time going, but do any men actually want to commit nowadays? Do, does he get excited? Is he actually happy to? And then what they do is because there isn't a lot of affirmation about this work with what you just told me, women second guess themselves. And then what, what actually happens is, is they pull back again because they're scared to get hurt. And then the man takes this as, as, oh, she's not interested in me. So therefore, I'm not going to continue to invest in more. And it just becomes this, this missed opportunity to actually totally be transparent about how we feel. Yeah, 100%. I want to hear this now. I'm just, I have so many questions. I'm trying to fit it all in. <laughs> okay, so when a woman comes to you and says... And says, Renee, like I want to learn more about men. Like, what are men's biggest turnoffs? Mm. So maybe you can give us like five of men's biggest turnoffs. What would they be? Yeah. Okay. Well, as a woman, because I'm not a guy, but I would say one of the biggest turnoffs for men is self-entitlement. When a woman comes from a place of ego, because I'm a woman, you need to give me this. Because I'm a woman, I deserve this, blah, 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 blah. And they basically it all is all about her instead of actually bringing value to a man. I think that that is a big turnoff for men. I think another big turnoff for men is disrespect. I think men, you know, they love to feel respected and they love to give respect. And when a woman disrespects him by putting him down publicly or doing things which are just not acceptable, I think that that makes him just lose all respect for her and become completely unattracted to her. No matter how gorgeous she is, I think that once a man's been disrespected by a woman in that way, he's just going to see her in a new light. I think another big turnoff for men is a woman who doesn't know her own worth. And when she's constantly insecure, constantly putting herself down, constantly comparing herself to others, I think men are just like, girl, like, love yourself first. It's not my job to teach you how to love yourself, you know, so I think men are turned off by that. I also think men are turned off by women who don't make any effort in a relationship, women who just, again, expect the man to do everything. For example, I am a big believer, and I don't know if you are with this as well, Trip, but I believe that the man should pay for the first date. But I also believe that the woman should offer and that there should be some appreciation like there should be like affirmation appreciation like thank you for paying or thank you for doing this and, or you know you got this would you like me to grab the drinks or whatever I think that it's highly romantic if a man does pay for the first date but I don't believe that the woman should just expect it and I think that she should at least offer so I think a woman showing effort in a relationship is you know a big turn on for men so if she doesn't show efforts a turn off and I think men also get turned off by women who lack purpose, who lack her own sense of identity, who lacks goals, a woman who's not driven, a woman who's just lazy, a woman who's just complacent. I personally think that that is a big turnoff for men. But I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you, you definitely have a lot of great points here. I think that I want to talk about the last one real quick. That's interesting. I wonder if it's, if it's more the fact... I don't, I don't know if men... 
I'm just I'm thinking out loud here. I'm working this out. If they're if they want a woman to have a purpose or goals, but I think it's like it's like it'd be nice if they weren't just all about us. Mm. You know, it's like it's I think it's almost like if it's 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 more that like okay you know and the same for women too right it's like I I well I think it's more attractive for a woman when a man has like purpose ambition goals totally. um for a man it's not like oh we're so attracted to that but it's what that creates less neediness which mm-hmm. is unattractive that you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. it's like the lack of that attracts men versus like women seem to be more attracted when a man has that. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he's like, you know, we just, it's, it's, it's just really, and also, well, really also it, it makes him less, less needy too. And also, you know, less available all the time, mm-hmm. which can create more attraction and more turn on that. It's like, it's not, it's not a guy where his whole life is her, but also, you know, for the man too. But then, then again, it's funny because I'm about to say something complete opposite of this, because I think there are still some guys out there who might think it is cool when a woman is into something, depending on what that is. Like my girlfriend has has a passion and interest, which is dance, and so I like that. Do I need a woman to have that? No, no, not necessarily. It's not that I was looking for that, but I think it is cool that there is something that she's into and really likes to do. You know, so yeah, I think like it makes that person more interesting and, and gives them layers to be able to discover about them. I think like, for instance, my fiance loves the fact that I run a business. He loves seeing that businesswoman come out of me because he's very much a strong person and, and my strength is in business and managing and things like that. So he becomes quite attracted to that. And look, we went through a phase in our relationship early on where I put him on a pedestal and the relationship on a pedestal and I totally lost my purpose, my identity. And this was before I had my business and just made it all about him. And he was completely turned off. And that's because he has a certain type. So it really depends on the type of person and what you're attracted to as well. I think that every individual has purpose. It's just a matter of discovering it. And a purpose doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a career in speaking seven languages or something like that, or you have to, you know, have one thing that uh, identifies you as that you're the person that is able to juggle, you know, amazingly. I think purpose is just a sense of belonging, knowing that you have something to contribute and something to belong to. And it keeps you busy. It keeps you occupied. It brings out your strengths. It brings out your passions. And I believe that that's a huge part of what actually makes you feel fulfilled because you then feel like, oh, I'm contributing something to the world. I'm, you know, doing something that I love. I, I, have, I have value here beyond just this person that I'm dating. I have value because I know that what I bring is, you know, either impacting lives or changing or it's doing something. And I think that if you're going to have a strong relationship, you have to have two strong individuals. And for me, a part of that is knowing, okay, well, what is it that you want to do? What is it that you want to contribute? What is it that you want to do that is more than just about yourself? What is it that you're passionate about? Are you fulfilled within yourself? And I believe that knowing your purpose is a big part of fulfillment. No, I mean, yeah, that's and and, and you know, to each their own. I've I've had situations where I've dated women who they were either entrepreneurs or trying to do something entrepreneurial, and I actually found it. Um, unattractive, not because that is unattractive, but because of where they were in their life, and it seemed like more of like a struggle 
Mm. Like it seemed like it wasn't really empowering. It seemed more like they were trying to start something and they were just stressed out all the time. Oh. And so I, you know, I, I said to myself, like, I would not want to date someone like that in the future because I want to kind of, I hope that they have those things figured out already. I don't want to be like a father figure to them in a sense where it's like I'm, I'm mentoring them through that process or being there for them through that because it's such a big transition, such a big thing, as mm. you know. But then again, that's I'm just sharing my personal story. That's just that's just for me, you know. Yeah, and it depends on the person, you know. And I think like, and that's the thing: you can start dating someone, you can even marry someone, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, I want to start a business," or "Oh, I don't want to work anymore," or "Oh, I want to do this," and then it's like, "Oh, oh okay." And you have to adjust, and you have to adapt, and you have to learn. Okay, like I said, what's important if you're going to start a relationship with someone is you know, as much as you can predict, because obviously you can't predict the future, but are we going in the same direction? Are we able to grow if there is changes? Because every relationship is going to go through different phases. I mean, the honeymoon phase typically lasts about two years. So I think, you know, people need to understand that just because maybe it's gone a little bit sour or you're now bickering a little bit or you've come to this crossroads, it doesn't necessarily mean that your relationship is doomed. It's about understanding that there's different phases here. There's different stages that you're going to go through and as long as you can grow through it as a couple because you know that each other's character is compatible that's when I think relationships will actually go the distance and be more fulfilling you know if I had a magic wand I would make the honeymoon phase last four weeks because <laughs> it's a it's a waste it really is a complete waste it's fun and great but it's not practical and it's not it's just it's it's fake. It's not if you're looking for a long-term relationship, it's not what the relationship is going to be. It just yeah. won't be like that. So you're not seeing you're you're not seeing the truth. And it can really I think it's it's a big problem for both men and women because mm-hmm. that's where the pedestal happens and where you don't see the person for who they really are mm-hmm. because you are, you know, in those what do they call rose-colored glasses. You're not filtering. It's so much harder to filter properly because of those chemicals. So it's really do your best. That's like my advice for for men and women. Do your best to see it for what it really is, and really try to project yourself into the future. Is this someone? You know, depending on what the characteristics are that you think that you can be with. This is why I say to people: get you know. Hopefully, you get into multiple relationships. Like, hopefully, it's not one and done for you. Hmm. Because if you get into multiple relationships, you really learn what what is compatible for you. So when you do go through another honeymoon phase with a new person, you'll be able to look at that and go, "Oh wait, I'm starting to to realize this person has this quality which I, I'm okay with now." But I know, like in the past, I was not okay with that. Hmm. You know, it's like, like I remember. I don't even. This is how. This is how faded I was in a past relationship where they were always late to stuff and it was kind of like, oh, you're cute. Like you're late and you're you're kind of a little bit of a mess. Like, I don't know. It was just kind of like, <laughs> oh, it's just cute. Like it's just quirky. That's part of your personality. And really it was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> no, you are a very inconsiderate person mm. who is who is so focused on on yourself and not thinking about others. And and I realized that that was like not good, right? But it's funny. I can I can admit it in, the, in that moment. It sounds silly, but I, I didn't think of it as a big deal. 
But it's those things that hopefully you can you can look at honestly. I, I'm on a rant here. I know I'm just talking about the uh, the honeymoon no, phase. I'm it's so true. No, look, it's so true. And I think this is what I mean. Like when you're saying like, why do women struggle so much with love? And it's because we make excuses because we want to have love. So we make excuses for behavior going passing it off as, oh, that's okay because we feel infatuated with that person or because we want something with that person. When in reality, it's like, no, 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 this is a pattern forming and it's a pattern that is going to eventually undermine a relationship when all the the happiness starts to fade away. And that's why I think like love education is so incredibly important because it means that you can step into love, not fall into love. Stepping into love is eyes wide open. I'm a man. I understand that, okay, this woman has these amazing qualities about her, but maybe there's a couple of red flags here and I need to make sure that those don't turn into something that's going to be detrimental. And it's the same for women. Like, oh, you know, it's really nice how he does this and that, but then there could be some other red flags where maybe he gaslights her or maybe he um, says things that like, you know, I'm not not really ready to settle down, but I still want relationship benefits, but I'm not going to give boyfriend commitments. Like all these sort of things where if you don't understand what guidelines are, you know, we need a little bit of black and white and what's become a very 50 shades of gray sort of world where we're just trying to feel our way around going, oh, that didn't work and oh, that didn't work. And if you're not learning each time, then you're going to continue that cycle. And learning comes with obviously being aware and taking accountability, but also having some sort of guideline. It's like if your clients came to you, trip and they're like, oh, you know, she did this, is this okay? Sometimes you have to say to them, no, that's not okay. That's not healthy. What you've just experienced is not how it's meant to be. And you kind of have to give people a little bit of, note. this is the black and white here. Otherwise, we just keep making excuses based off the desire to love and be loved. Right. Renee, great words, great explanations. I really personally enjoyed talking to you and hearing more about what what it is that women need help with and what you're trying to help them with and, and your advice for that. So I know that this was not necessarily, you know, for the guys listening, direct advice to you on this episode, but it is indirect advice. You know, just hearing about how the female mind works a little bit, understanding relationships a little bit better. So Renee, thanks so much for taking the time and doing this. If guys want to just check you out and learn more about you and because they like what they they hear and like what you have to say, where can they go? They can just go to either my socials or my YouTube channel. It's just my name, Renee Slansky. I just keep it plain and simple. So just search that and you'll you'll find it. Cool. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Renee, thank you so much. Any last words for the gentleman out there listening? Pick up the phone and call her. <laughs> really? Text. No text message. Oh, let's ease up on the text and let's be old school and pick up the phone and call you. She wants you wow. to call her. She wants you to call her. Even this, even even the twenty-five year olds. Yep. Oh, yep. I'm talking the nineteen-year-olds, the twenty-five-year-olds, the seventy-year-olds. We want you to call. For that, it demonstrates that. Hang on a second. This man actually is putting time aside to put some effort in, rather than just okay. a text. Voila. Guys, test it out. Give it a, <laughs> give it a call. See what happens. Renee, thanks so much. Thanks, Trip. <laughs> 